Hey, welcome back to the Galena Ravina Podcastina. So happy to have you. Thanks for tuning in as always. I've got an episode for you this week. It's going to be with comedian and friend Lisa Curry. We had a really fun conversation. We talked about how we're both a little bit type A, and then we got into what I thought was such a unique experience that she had growing up. Apparently, she grew up with her parents owning a dock or or a marina, I believe she said, and so she grew up knowing everything about boats and working on boats and got her boating license at nine years old, which is just like so ridiculous, but I'll let her tell the rest of the story. I did want to say before the episode begins, and this is a long shot, but you never know, it's always good to get the words and the feelers out there, but apparently Lisa's comedy album, which is called um, Alive for a While, is actually up for consideration for being a um, Grammy-nominated album. So if anybody listening gets to vote in the Recording Academy, her album, Look for Lisa Curry, is being considered for the 64th Grammys, which is so cool. Like, I can't believe I know somebody who has their work being recognized in such a way. Like, that's so special. Anyway, it was a super fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, thanks for tuning in. All right, this is Lisa. Are you going on the road uh, anytime in the rest of the year? No, I don't have anything. But I mean, I was not like a big, I just haven't had that time of like, oh, I'm getting invited to go on the road and stuff. I've had oh, a yeah. few random people take me as like a backup feature when somebody else has fallen out or <laughs> I've gotten like a few of my own little driving distance brewery gigs. Yeah, like yeah. That. Well, that's I good. Haven't, I haven't properly been on the road yet in my quote unquote career. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, I, I mean, you, what am I saying? Like you have to do something. You don't have to do anything I fucking tell you to do. Um, but uh, it is, it's a, it's a lot of work to put something together. I feel like the, if you, if you do decide to par- start putting something together, like plan like two or three months out, ideally. And then, you know, but I know you have like a, you have like a job job, like an office job. Yeah. I don't. Um, the oh. of my job, I used to have an office office job mm-hmm. and then I left to become, to open my own like traveling notary business. Oh, Basically, I'm my own boss and I can take off whatever days I want provided I'm making money in other ways because it's like, since it's my own business, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So I still yeah. work like a crazy lady. I still do yeah. three to five signings a day, but That's it's very wild. much. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that you got certified for that and I was like does that I mean I don't I'm just like I I know it's a serious thing because you have to like deal with Mm -hmm. people's like official paperwork and things but uh 
I'm like, it's just a little stamp, right? I don't. It is. It's not I, it, serious. It, it's so serious, but it's not serious. The, mm-hmm. the way that you put it is very accurate because I'm dealing with death certificates and mortgages and marriage licenses mm-hmm. and power of attorneys and loan documents for people's biggest loans that they'll take out in their whole lives for their houses, mm-hmm. their businesses, whatever. But I really am just making sure that they signed everywhere they were supposed to, and then I'm stamping it. So like my part in the transaction is very, very minimal and it's a really easy job. And I'm super grateful that I accidentally fell into it. But I always think about like, if I ever get famous, my name is stamped onto thousands of mortgages <laughs> that are like recorded. <laughs> That's so funny. I used to work, uh, I used to cater for fucking years. Mm-hmm. And whenever I worked um, weddings, I would always sign the guest book. So, yeah. you know, um, if I'm ever famous, then people can look back into their wedding guest books uh, and see, and, you know, and they may not be reflecting on it because I'm sure a lot of them will have been divorced by then. Yeah, right. <laughs> That would be such a sad thing if you just got divorced and you were like, I have to look at who signed my wedding book. Yeah, like <laughs> they sell their guest book. Like I blow up and they sell it on eBay. Mm-hmm. Pays I love for that the for divorce. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> have you crazy. been to, did you go to any like small, weird COVID weddings? I did. Wait, did I? No, I didn't. I, um. I had one friend whose wedding kept getting pushed and kept getting pushed. And then, um, uh, I was planning to go to it cause she's a very close friend or she was, we, we grew up together. Um, we don't talk much now, but, but it's still, the bond is still there, you know? Okay. Um, but right before her, the final date of when it actually was, she, we were just having a nice, like long catch up conversation, uh, wherein she told me that her, husband's entire family are all like unvaxxed MAGA people and I was like oh I will not be attending that (laughs) wedding because I'm not going to be indoors with you know a hundred unvaccinated people that um it's it it, are probably hostile (laughs) no thank you Um, yeah and then I I skipped out on a cousin's wedding also because uh and and it's a bummer because I really wanted to see her mom and her and whatever but um that side of my family is also like a lot of them are unvaxxed and it was a, between a bunch of dates opening for Jim Jeffries. And I was like, if I get COVID at this wedding, I'm going to lose thousands of dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, it's not worth it. You know, I, I just, I, it sucked to miss it, but I just told her I couldn't because of work, which is true. I mean, it's not directly because of work, but you know, just gotta be careful where we risk, I guess, you know? No, that would be an awful thing to pass up. How have his shows been because they're probably mostly in theaters right oh yeah what's what's COVID like with that oh yeah they're all they're all theaters there it's been so fun um it's interesting it's different from venue to venue like um I think most of the venues I've done with him have required vax cards at the door and then they'll do like it's like not only vax cards but you have to stay masked for the show unless you're drinking out in the lobby or whatever um but then Florida was like the wild, wild west. And I don't know. How Florida of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Florida didn't require anything, but we had to be masked even in our green rooms. And I was like, um, why don't we just make sure everyone's fucking vaccinated so I can, so I can relax, 
yeah. in my dressing room. Um, I mean, whatever. I'm not, not to sound like ungrateful or something, but uh, I thought that was a weird choice. And uh, we, we were talking about, we were in the car on the way to one of the venues, like whatever this, this woman was driving us and we were all masked in the car mm-hmm. and Jim and his other opener Amos and I were having a private conversation between the three of us because Amos had like, this was in Jacksonville, Florida, and he had been harassed like relentlessly that day for wearing a mask. And so we were talking about how crazy that is. And then the woman chimes in and she's like, Hey, you guys don't have to wear masks if you don't want to. And we're like, Oh, we're cool. We're fine wearing a mask. And she's like, I mean, I wouldn't, I, if I wasn't in this car with you guys, I wouldn't. She's like, this is bullshit. And we're like, what like it was so weird because it's not not to be like oh you're the help but mm-hmm. you're the help yeah shut the fuck up like you're <laughs> like you've literally been hired to drive us to the venue and you've yeah. now interrupted us to argue with us what I it was so weird and I was really nervous the whole time we were in Florida because I was like something's gonna happen we're all gonna get a million percent yeah it's like <laughs> At the very least, we're all going to leave with hepatitis or something because <laughs> <laughs> it's Florida. <laughs> Which, like, I know it's like such a uh, hack joke to be like to like make fun of Florida, but it's all it's true. I, I uh, stripes. Fuck that. Yes, yes. There, I I think I met like twelve of the dumbest people I've ever talked to in my <laughs> life on that trip, and I was like, this is cr- this is crazy. <laughs> this is a high amount. Um, but the gigs have all been like, I, they're just it's so fun. I mean, honestly, I, I keep telling people, I'm, I feel like I won the lottery because I'm doing these theater gigs and I'm friends with all of his other openers and Jim's cool as hell. And, um, there's a lot of fun and they're honestly, <laughs> what's funny is like, you know, I, we were saying I, I did that ocean show tonight. So I did for anyone listening, there's, I did a show literally on the beach, um, tonight and, you know, for like 30 people or something, which is, which is lovely. I'll take any spot always, but the theater gigs are so much easier. (laughs) You're not freezing. You're not battling the elements. Yeah. Everyone's paid a lot of money to be there. So they're Mm -hmm. definitely paying, paying attention, you know, like nobody's snacking, um, (laughs) sound and lighting are, you know, perfect professionally done. That's the thing. I think people think it's so much harder to do the theaters, but I'm like, Oh, it's miles easier. It's, it's, they're especially like Jim's crowd. They're so excited to see him. And they're not like, I think some comics have crowds that are the type of people that are, they're like, I only want to see this guy and no one else. And everyone, everyone else should fuck off. And, but Jim's crowds are very excited to see anyone that he's essentially vouched for, which is they're smart fans. I would gather. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like they, they get everything. Like there was a couple of jokes I did tonight that I had done on the gym gigs and like it did they just didn't hit and I was like oh you think I'm not joking I think that's what yeah. the problem is you yeah. don't get it I not to be like well the crowd didn't get it but yeah. I'm like this has been working in front of 3,000 people so you guys are wrong <laughs> you have to always take it with a grain of salt when you're doing these weird not that it's weird like mm-hmm. but it's definitely an off-kilter different type of gig yeah LA has a lot of if it's not at the beach, it's at a laundromat or in the back of a Mexican restaurant or in the back of a UPS truck. Like you always have to take every gig and be like, I'm not going to get a normal response here. And that's okay. Cause this is what I signed up for. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, 
it's interesting because I'm like, I always want to like try and at least riff a little bit and try mm-hmm. to write like at least one or two new jokes per set. Yeah. But then it can be so hard doing those gigs because it's like, it's not, it, it feels like, um, you can't really extract from that, whether something worked or not, you know, right. um, because it's, it's such a bizarre circumstance. It really is. Fun. Yeah. How many years have you been touring with Jim now? Oh, I just started this year. I was supposed oh. to start in, I was supposed to start in 2020. Cause I, I wrote on the show on the Jim Jeffrey show in 2019. That's right. Cause I'm like, I know I've associated you with yeah. Jim for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then that from the show is when he asked me to start opening for him, for him. And I was supposed to last year. And then, <laughs> then <happened>? COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know this mystery. There was a, this mysterious pause in time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I'm, I'm out of my mind right now. No. Um, yeah, no, just I this year. Know. But I am going out with him again next year. I'm really excited. I have I have one more gig with him this year, uh, November 7th, downtown LA at the theater at the Ace Hotel. Awesome. Um, which I'm so excited because I started comedy here. And you know, yeah. there's like, um, I've always felt, and I don't know if you feel this as well, but it feels like whatever city you start in, to a certain degree, people in that city will always see you as an open micer. Because it's like people here have seen the absolute worst shit I've ever done. Right. <laughs> So that's like burned into their brains. So it's so nice to be able to perform at a theater here in this city. Um, I'm really excited. And then and then I pick back up with Jim like late January. Oh, that's going to be so fun. I, yeah. I started here too, so I know what you mean. But yeah. I guess I hadn't thought of it like now that you... Um, set this the way that you strung the words together Mm -hmm. of like everyone here has seen your worst shit yeah struck a chord with me because I'm like yeah damn they really have (laughs) yeah because I feel like if you were if you get to like six years in or something and then you were to move to New York Mm -hmm. you would be seen entirely differently by your same peer group yeah but in another city you know yeah man, that's unfair, but there's nothing you can do about it. And nothing. you know, I have nothing to compare it to just as you don't either, because we started here and it's like, yeah. I don't, well, I guess it's harder to cut your teeth here. So if they get cut, it's better. It'll make me better. I yeah. Guess. I do feel that way. It's interesting. Cause I've had so many people, like you said, we have nothing else to compare it to. And I've had so many people say, well, wasn't it hard starting in LA? And I'm like, you don't I don't know. know. It's like when people say, isn't it hard being a woman comedian? I'm like, when would I have experienced something else to compare it to? What the fuck are you talking about? You know? And it's like, I don't know. There's things that are tough that I assume men don't have to deal with, but there's probably things that are tough for them too. Like just getting laid constantly. Like, how do you live? (laughs) How do you have time to eat nutritious food when you are just banging random women nonstop? (laughs) swarming in it and yeah. I used to get asked like because I grew up I have two stepbrothers now but I grew up an only child and people would mm-hmm. be like what was it like being an only child don't you miss didn't you want so I'm like I don't know yeah that's the thing I feel like you can say to somebody uh what was it like having an arm before yours was severed off <laughs> yeah I, but, but you really can't ask somebody that that's a fucked up question <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like if this has been my only experience I I have no, I think people don't hear themselves when they talk Mm -hmm. 
I think that that's what it is. <laughs> Truly. I, yeah, it's true. But I, then I, then again, I have those moments too, where I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? Yeah. Oh, all the time. When I was in Denver this last weekend, I started to say that I was run, that I had been running late. And then in, in the middle of it, I realized like, oh, I wasn't running late necessarily. Cause I didn't, I just wanted more time to rest. Mm-hmm. I decided in the middle of it. So I said to my friend, I go, uh, I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't put, fill your car up with gas. I go, uh, <laughs> I wasn't running on as time. I wasn't running on time as much as I had intended to. And she was like, what? <laughs> you mean you were late? <laughs> I, was like, I guess so. <laughs> it sounds like you're the politest person ever learning English. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She was like, you sound like a five-year-old trying to figure out how to not say you were late. <laughs> I'm like, but I wasn't late. She's like, but just say you were late. I'm like, but I wasn't late. I didn't have like, I, and this is like where I start to go crazy. This is where I'm an absolute crazy person. Like I take things so literally and I'll like totally split hairs like this where I'm like, well, I wasn't late. Cause I didn't like have an appointment. I just realized I wasn't going to have as much time to nap. And I decided to nap versus putting gas in your car. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the choice I made. Uh, it was, I wasn't like not not uh punctual <laughs> so what sorry. um what do you guys do when you're like off time when you're on the road it depends on how much time we have mostly we've been sleeping um because what we'll do is we'll do like you know jim will jim will kind of cluster cities together so that wh- whoever opens for him like we did three three cities in florida so we did Fort Myers, then Fort Lauderdale, then uh, Jacksonville. And so we flew into Fort Myers, drove to Fort Lauderdale, but we drove to Miami first, actually, and had lunch and just kind of looked around because um, we were with his other opener, Amos, and Amos had never been to Miami. So we just oh, checked it out. That's nice. And uh, then we flew to Jacksonville the next day and then we all just slept because it was like, you know, uh, it was only like an hour long flight, but by like with going to the airport and driving home from the airport, mm-hmm. all that shit, it was like a six hour travel day. So then we just like slept. Um, but Jim's like, he's sober now and, uh, you know, has a new wife and a new baby. So he's, he's, uh, not wanting to go out. He's just like hanging out in his hotel. So I did tell Amos, I'm like, next time we're on the road, if you want to go out. Oh, we went to see the fight one night. That was something we did. I don't, oh, that was in Jacksonville. Yeah. That was fun. Whatever. But I can't, I already can't remember. There was a boxing match, like some big boxing match. Um, so that was a blast. I'm, I'm also like, I don't like to go too hard when I'm on the road because I, then my brain starts to fall apart and then my, uh, work suffers. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll like go out and have a drink, but I'm not going to like party, you know? Yeah. It's too much. I don't know how people like get fucking wasted and then do comedy. I'm like, wait, your brain is soaked, right? You would think I don't get it either. Cause I'm a person that just like, I don't know when this happened for me. It must've been somewhere around turning 21, but like before I had the permission to, it used to be so fun to get rip rowdy drunk. I would just like yeah. keep up with everybody, be projectile vomiting in the morning, get super <laughs> trashed, like do drugs, do the whole thing. 
And then uh, like once I actually became my own adult and I would wake up with a legitimate hangover and then mm-hmm. lose that whole ass day. Yeah. I at some point made the decision that I just really don't enjoy getting drunk. And I almost sometimes feel like a borderline sober person. I drink, but I stop before I start feeling drunk. I Me do too. not like getting drunk. So I will have like two drinks, three, if I'm drinking for like six hours and eating something, but like as yeah. soon as I start to feel drunk, I'm like, I'm done. Bring me water. I'm the same way. I mean, I might get like a little bit of a buzz, but I'm, you know, like a, like a buzz where I like feel like loose and confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like to go beyond that because it's yeah. like, it's too much. It's also like, you know, I'm in my thirties. It's like, I don't know how you you seem to be 16. Um, well, thank you. Also in my 30s. <laughs> uh, like in my mind, you're like 20 years younger than me. And I know that that's not accurate. <laughs> We're probably uh, the exact same age. That's really funny. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's, it's like embarrassing. I'm like, why are, to be hungover? Like yeah. when my friends are like, oh, I'm so hungover. I'm like, you're what? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like- you have like 20 years to figure this system out? Yeah. That's like saying you ran out of gas again and again. Like, don't you know how much fucking gas your car holds? I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. Why are you running out of gas again? Yeah. And I have too much. And I, granted, I work on it in therapy, but I have so much insecurity about not having a like productive day. So if <laughs> I wake too. up hungover and I don't get anything done, I'm going to feel more like shit from being yeah. sick to get anything done oh, then yeah. hangover. and then it just, you know, combines, it's, it just multiplies the terrible feelings. And I'm like, I can't do this. Cause I got to wake up at 9am and have a coffee and sweep the floor or something. Yeah. I, that's so funny. You say that. Cause I'm the same way. I like feel panicked. I have, I'm sitting at my desk right now and I have like multiple to-do lists around me. I was like starting to feel cr- like I-, I was losing my mind a little bit when I was in mm-hmm. Denver this last week. So was in Denver Wednesday through this morning, Sunday morning. And I was staying with another comic and I hadn't stayed with a comic in years. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, it's been, a, it's been a long time, which yeah. is, not, which is nice. It's so it's, it feels like fantasy land, just getting to stay in hotels all the time. Um, but I did stay with a comic cause the club didn't provide uh, a hotel and I forgot how, exhausting it is to be beholden to somebody else in their schedule and and the comic I stayed with is lovely I adore her she's great um but also it's like I need a a good solid like at least three hours a day with no one around me so I can like focus and work and I I didn't have that at all and now I'm just like my to-do list has grown (laughs) you know I'm like so panicked. I'm like, I got to get up at like seven tomorrow morning and start tackling this. Cause this is, this is crazy. I get that same anxiety and I have to make you feel less crazy. I have two to-do lists. So I have a big to-do list of everything. And then I have a smaller to-do list on my phone that stuff that needs to get done right away gets promoted to the phone to-do list. <laughs> Galena. <laughs> I have my same life. Yeah. My sa- that is my life. This is my phone to-do list. <laughs> and then I have somewhere in my notebook. And I, mm-hmm. I got through some of this last Monday and Tuesday. I was very proud of myself. Look I have another uh, notebook to-do list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have 
I have all these little reminders and my, my whole life, I don't know if you do this. I'm, this is so exciting to me now. Um, my whole life exists in Google spreadsheets. Uh And so I have everything color code coordinated. Like it's like, you know, my shows are highlighted in one color and doctor's (laughs) appointments in another color and whatever. And then I have all these extra little notes, like, uh, because I, I'm unable to remember all of the shit I need to remember. So it's like, if a friend has a surgery coming up, I'll be like, I'll, in my calendar, I'll be like text so-and-so and make sure their surgery went well or whatever, like shit like that. And then I started the system. Sorry. Sorry. If this oh, is I love this. Cause I love for- to compare notes on who else has um, a type A <laughs> and what I mean, they do. Yeah. Extremely type A. I did find though, I was getting, I, I hit like a wall where I was getting really overwhelmed by my to-do list and by trying to do everything all in one day. So I started this new system <laughs> where <laughs> this totally sounds like the answer to that anxiety. <laughs> like this is, this is a little falling apart. The, the phone, the phone in the notebook is just because I've been traveling so much and I don't have all of my like office supplies on me. And so I'm like, sure. this is, it's become chaos. You, you don't have your flapper folders and your fucking an accordion binder and a, like a physical Rolodex. So well, now I have one is paper clips. One is binder. Clips. Oh my gosh. I love it. This is so, this is, I feel like if we shared an office, it would be so exciting for both it would of just, us. We would just have to put two unhinged women over the door, just as a <laughs> yeah. warning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, but the system that I made up for myself that works, that helps me, is now what I will do is I'll, um, I'll take like an index card, right? Because there's like, what, 10 lines on the index card or something or 12 lines. And like, so tomorrow's Monday. So tonight I'll fill out an index card, um, with all the things I need to do. But the rule for me is I can only put as many tasks on the index card as there are lines on the card. So like one thing, per line, <laughs> and I just do my best to get those finished. And I don't freak out and like, well, I have to do 30 things today, you know, and it'll be something like pick up my sweater from the dry cleaner, you right. know, like fucking what, whatever, all these things, but then I'll make an index card for Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Like high priority to lower priority. <laughs> I love deep. it. I love your system. And the <laughs> note cards, you. you've made it, <laughs> you've made it like antiquing. <laughs> yeah. You brought yeah. it back to the physical realm. You're like, let me get off my phone. Let me take out the supplies that I had to buy for fifth grade at the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the reason is like the, the problem with the phone, uh, the, the phone to-do list, uh, is it's not satisfying when it's you just not, delete right. something. I'm like, yeah. it doesn't feel like I did anything where like, if I have something on paper, like you need to do this, crossing it off feels so good. Yeah. That's so great. True. How annoying, by the way, is it when you do something that you actually need to get done, but you didn't have it on your list. I actually don't have I'm pretty decent. Like a lot of my work appointments, I actually don't even put them in the calendar. I just kind of mm-hmm. remember, I'll just go to the email or I'll just go, I have like a special app that most of my notary signings live in. Oh, and wow. so I just have them there. So they don't even make it to my calendar. So my personal calendars for the other stuff that I have to do, it's for like my own errands and it's not really ever work-related stuff. And then that's what I also use for comedy. If you, so see, it's, if you saw my spreadsheets- you would, you would lose your mind. You would lose <laughs> your mind. It's insanity. 
Well, and it's I, like, I guess, because yeah. it sounds more organized than my system. My system is kind of like, well, hope for the best that my brain is working on point that day. Otherwise, <laughs> not get done. The problem is I've, well, I guess this last week, so I've been, this last week was my, my final week uh, on the road. It, it was the, the last week I had booked on the road in like four months of nonstop travel. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting. Um, but my brain was not adjusted back from pandemic. Cause like December through like mid June, I lived with my cousin on her homestead in Indiana. And oh, then July, so cool. it was, it was so fun. And it was so nice to just kind of fuck off and like not do anything and unplug and like play with her kids and hang out and whatever. And, uh, but then starting July, I was back on the road with Jim. And then I was, it was like, I'd have a road, a gig with Jim. And then the next weekend I'd be headlining by myself somewhere. And it was like back and forth and back and forth. And like, I really kept it together <laughs> up until this week. And then the wheels just fucking fell off. And then I was like, everything during the week this week, I just, I was like forgetting things. I forgot a friend's birthday. I missed a show. Like oh, it was just, um, not only did I miss a show, Galena, mm-hmm. I, I rode with a friend of mine from, we were both on, we were both on two shows together back to back. So we did the first show. I didn't, I forgot that I was on the second show. Mm-hmm. So I rode with him to the second show, sat and watched the entire goddamn show and did not check in with anybody and then left and then oh, no. checked my calendar. And I was like, Oh fuck. I was on that show. <laughs> <laughs> and they just didn't notice you. <laughs> They didn't. And you know, what's even better than that Mm -hmm. is they paid me. (laughs) (laughs) They messaged me me afterwards and they were like, oh my gosh, we just realized we didn't put you up. We're so sorry. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of, obviously it would have been super easy and like not hard work and you would have had fun doing a set, but also pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I was also the friend that I rode with. He's recording an album right now. I don't know why I'm saying it. Like it's a mysterious thing. It's John Ozelay. He's literally recording an album at this very moment in Fort Collins. And so I was like taking notes on his set. So look, I wasn't not doing anything. Okay. I was, uh, but I was, you know, getting paid for doing stand up when I was actually writing tags. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. Yeah, whatever. It's the same. It's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, in your like COVID found freedom living on a, you called it a what homestead? A homestead. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you pick up any like new hobbies? Um, resting. (laughs) 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 My, my, one of my friends is staying with me right now and she keeps, uh, teasing me. She's like, you, you need to rest this week. She's like, you're, you are not normal right now. You're out of your mind. Um, cause she can see me breaking down and I'm like, it's okay. I'm going to keep working. Like I got, you know, I like came home from the airport and then immediately started unpacking and organizing things and then went to my show and then came here and I'm on the podcast, which I, I love, but I'm like, I want to do all this stuff. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, I, I sort of learned to rest a little bit. Did you put on to do list? Learn to rest. <laughs> <laughs> No, but my, some of my to-do list is so embarrassing, Galena. It's literally one of my things is figure out TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's it's a lot of like weird hand motions and like certain music getting really popular but only bits of that music and then it'll be like a song from the 90s that like we bopped to when we were the appropriate age and like now it's trend on tiktok and you're like what the fuck is this also i love it though and i'll sit on it for like an hour before i don't open it during the day i'm very vigilant about not getting sucked into it during the day okay but i will watch an hour of it before bed almost every night See, I like, I like other people's TikToks, um, uh, but I like, there's a lot of fun ones, but I'm like, isn't this just like iMovie or something? Like, I'm like, the whole thing is editing. Right. Right. But I haven't figured it out yet. And I'm also like, part of why I haven't gotten on yet is because I am absolutely scarred from my first years, my first few years on Twitter, because I didn't, I was doing standup at the time when I first joined Twitter, but I didn't realized that Twitter was supposed to be for writing jokes. So I was one of those people that was on there that was like, just had lunch, <laughs> whatever fucking <laughs> stupid thing. And I'm so mad at myself because like some of my friends that joined and like understood that right away, um, they, I, I mean, one of them just got like a major development deal somewhere because she's been, she got scooped up as a comedy writer, like Mm-hmm. really early on from Twitter and then by the time I joined it was like oh yeah we don't do that anymore and I'm like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> like by the time I started like writing jokes and caring um yeah whatever so I it's kind of the same like, for TikTok like I was an early adopter and I had a couple things do well then before even like every comedian was on it but then I just like, st- I would have things that I would like try really hard at and then they would flop and I got discouraged and now I barely ever post. I just oh, no. enjoy watching TikTok. So I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get, I'm like mediocre at everything I do. I'm like, Let me just <laughs> no, do a little yeah. bit of all of it. I'll podcast, I'll TikTok, I'll Instagram, I'll do stand up, and I'll just like, you know, keep throwing shit at the wall and hope something sticks. Yeah. There's too many things we're supposed to do though. I, I, I mean, like. The only reason I'm getting on TikTok truly because I'm like, oh, I'll watch other people. I don't hate the concept. I'm not like one of these people that's like, what are the kids doing? I'm just like, I don't know if that's for me. Um, but I've had five, Galena, five agents tell me if I want to get repped, I have to get on TikTok and get my numbers up on there and use that to get my Instagram numbers up. And I'm like, I want to put my head into a wood chipper. Yeah. But I guess instead I will learn fucking TikTok. That's um, what you hear. Seriously. I was meeting and it was my first time ever having like a legitimate meeting with a talent mm-hmm. manager. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm disappointed in your social media numbers. You need to hire someone to run your social media. And I go, you think I can what? afford someone to manage my social media? I'm sitting here in front of you and you won't sign me. And he I, was like, you need to hire someone. I'm like, that's not where I'm at, my guy. Absolutely not. I, that reminds me, I, um, <laughs> um, I like collect memberships and I'm, I'm in the television academy just cause I was like, I'll join. Um, yeah. uh, I was like, I can, I can. Uh, and so I watched this panel. They had a zoom panel on like, um, it was titled something like how to use social media to, to the, you know, how to get the most out of social media or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I know everything. There's things I need to learn. Let me see what we have here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I fucking, uh, tuned in to this thing. And there was a woman who, there was a woman on the panel who like, she worked at a management company or an agency or something like that. And she's like, (laughs) 
she's talking about how different people use social media. And she's like, so one example of somebody who does really well across all platforms, who would be like an example of somebody to follow is um, Will Smith. And I was like, what? what? And then she went on to just be like, yeah. So like, that's what, that's what talent should be aiming for. Like something, you know, where he's like killing it on Instagram and on Twitter and on TikTok and what, and I was like, he's Will fucking Smith, not because he got so good at social media that he became Will Smith. Right. And I'm like, I know he has at least two writers for his Twitter alone. And I know that because I fucking know them. And I'm like, I'm like, he has a team of probably like five or six people running all of his social media and pay, by the way, they're getting, each of them is getting paid a salary. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, it's like, that's your example. That is so unrealistic. And then it's also like the frustrating thing. Now I'm just complaining, but the frustrating thing too is like, I feel like agents and managers will tell you like, oh, you got to, you got to get your numbers up on Twitter. You got to get your numbers up on Instagram and all these other things. And then you're and working. And then they out- want to come in and take your money for all the work that you did without them. Yeah. Either that, or then they have the fucking balls to be like, well, I mean, don't you have a new pilot? It's been a year since you've written a pilot. It's like, motherfucker, I'm trying to run every social media account. And it turns out this takes a lot of time, you yeah. know? It's a full-time job to be somebody's social media manager. And the thing that infuriates me, especially when it's representation that wants it, is Mm -hmm. I'm like, isn't the point of you stepping in to help me with representation, isn't that because you're supposed to help me build clout? Or do you want me to go try to get it all on my own and then you step in and take credit? At that point, if I have enough followers to like sell out all these venues without you, what do I need you for? Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, you're so fucking lazy. I, I, it makes me so mad. And it's like, I I do see that there is some, I, I don't think it's without value to have a bunch of followers because obviously you can sell things out. Um, But I'm sure both of us could come up with plenty, plenty of examples of people with a huge social media following whose jokes are fucking garbage Uh, but they are touring because they have a huge social media following. And it's like, cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you want? Like, I want to, I want to fucking, I want to tour like Taylor Tomlinson tours, but she, she tours theaters, not because she fucking grew her TikTok. It's because she had a really good Netflix special, Mm -hmm. you know, like she busted her ass writing an hour. That's excellent. And then her fan base blew up. It's not that she was like doing silly ass dances, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so mad all the time. The other thing, like, I feel like I'm never going to thrive on social unless I become like successful a different way. And then that comes after, cause I'm Mm -hmm. also a person that like all these pages that do really well are all very thematic and even the Mm -hmm. pages are like that where people just consistently like to post just all only stand-up stuff and I'm like if this is for me to share though I'm gonna post pictures and stories of dogs or like I just took up surfing so I'm gonna post about my me going surfing and stuff it's like I just want to post what I like and then people get mad about it and dm me and go what the fuck is this this isn't stand-up and I'm like it's my page though yeah let me have a fucking life that's the thing I feel like I feel like my Instagram specifically is like way too sincere all the time. And, but I'm like, 
I don't care. But then like, mm-hmm. okay. So I was, I was like feeling a way about that. I was like uh, thinking like, Oh, I, I, I need to change my approach to Instagram. But then I was posting all this travel stuff in the last few months. And I had two people reach out to me within like five minutes and they were like, you need your own travel show. And I'm going to start pitching something. And one's a big music lawyer who's repped at CAA. And then one is, uh, our field producer from Jim Jeffrey's show. So she's done and she's pitched a number of, of travel shows. So I'm like, okay, well, I mean, even if that doesn't go, even if, even if neither goes, I'm right. like, it's nice that somebody's like, oh, what you're doing has some kind of inherent value, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. finally, you know? But then I'm like, maybe I'm the travel person, I guess. You could be, listen, I think we could do more than just the what. I, I, I will beat my head into a wall <laughs> because there's the example. And it's like, regardless of how anybody feels about him, I feel like Rogan's a good example of someone who's allowed to be a comedian, but allowed to be like passionate about all these totally random, unrelated things. Yeah. And it's like, he can just post on his Instagram, a plate of meat and like, everyone's okay with it. <laughs> and anybody yeah. else it's like, oh, you're not posting a stand-up clip. And it's like, why does he get to post a slab of elk meat? And I don't, <laughs> yeah, not that I would, I but you know. Yeah. No kidding. I also don't, I don't know. I haven't posted a lot of stand up because I'm like, I don't have a lot of clips that are really well shot because it's Same. and impossible. I don't want to burn through that material either. Yeah. I'm like, I want to, maybe if I was like, I need to tape bar shows more and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, if I riff and I say something silly that I'm not going to keep in my set and yeah. it's funny, I'll just put that up. But I'm like, I'm working on building an hour that I would like to shoot. <laughs> I don't want everyone. I didn't want it to be like a movie trailer where like, you see all the best parts of the movie in the trailer and then you watch the movie and you're like, Oh yeah, hmm. exactly. What yeah. would your ideal travel show be? If you could have it your way. Uh, I think I would have to be doing comedy. I would have to be doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be crucial. I like to do, I like to, when I travel, I love to travel alone. I really prefer to travel alone. Um, uh, and I like to, go sightsee all fucking day and just pack in as much as I possibly can. And I I do a lot, a lot of walking. Like when I was um, in Europe in 2019, I was walking like 10 or 12 miles a day. It was crazy. Um, And then doing spots at night, uh, which was (laughs) pretty exhausting, um, but it was fun. And I think that I would like something like that, but I, I, I like to sightsee and I like uh, adventure travel. Like I like to do something that at least feels dangerous. Oh, I love that. So I know you're into boats. Would you do like stand up on a boat? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, a have I? Oh, I've recorded like, a podcast on a boat. Wait, you've done a podcast on a boat? Yeah, I've done a few podcasts on a boat. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I need to know more. Uh, my friend Kyle has this podcast called This Is Rad. Um, and I went on to talk about boats one time and then everybody just liked it. Like his his audience really liked it. And so he started doing a thing where annually he rents a boat and then we just go record an episode on a boat. Um, but I'm like obsessed. I'm fully obsessed with boats. Like, Cause I, I grew up on a lake and my parents, this sounds like we were rich and I trust and believe we we're very much not. Um, we, uh, we owned a Marina for a while. So I like, I learned to, I had a fucking boating license when I was nine. Oh my God. 
<laughs> and I like had to learn all the knots and all the flags and stuff. And, just the tiniest uh, boater. <laughs> yeah, I was. Galena, I have all these pictures of me when I was a kid, just like on a boat. And like, so my parents owned the marina, right? So they, they, uh, which Where was, is this, by the way, this is in Indiana, Northwest Indiana. Which Cedar Lake. lake is that? It's, uh, well, Indiana like hits Lake Michigan, but we were like, 40 minutes away from Lake Michigan on, uh, in the town I grew up in is Cedar Lake. Um, and so there was like a big inlet. We had a campgrounds, there was a gas station. Uh, we sold boats, we had a bait shop. It was a whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but where we sold boats, we also sold like accessories, like, you know, life jackets and stuff and (laughs) captain's hats. Uh, (laughs) I see where this is going. (laughs) When I was a kid, like I didn't understand that everything that we had in the store wasn't just free. I, I thought anything I wanted was mine because uh, I was a child and Natural. nobody really explained it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would take like, if I felt like if I wanted a new captain's hat, I would just go over to the shelf and grab one and then write my name in it in Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your parents loved that. <laughs> I think my parents probably wanted to murder me for most of my childhood. Cause I would do that with my friends too. Uh-huh. I'd be like, Oh, come over. Like, cause we had like a little snack shop and I'd be like, do you want a pizza? Let's just have a pizza, fill your pockets with candy, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> it was just like lawlessness. Um, but I have so many pictures of me as a kid in a captain's hat. And I still have at least one of my captain's hats somewhere. Um, <laughs> You better keep it. You got it for free. It cost your parents. <laughs> Absolutely. They're like, what the fuck is she doing? We can't make any money. Our kid just takes things <laughs> off the shelf and puts her name on it. Like I, I like threw a tantrum over my, my parents had this, like they, we sold skis and stuff mm-hmm. too. And I was like, I must have this slalom ski. I, Cause it was so cool. It was like white with like uh purple and pink and blue stripes on it and I, I did not know how to slalom ski I knew how to yeah. water ski. I've only been slalom skiing once in my life and it was what not even that? I don't even know what that is oh that's where you you only have one ski so you have your rather than two skis next to each other you you get up on one with like one foot in front of the other and that's not snowboarding <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well and the ski is like you know it's not that wide it's right. like huh five inches wide or something this started because someone poor was just like i well i only have the one ski <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely <laughs> absolutely and they're like uh it's much harder actually uh i'm better than you <laughs> um but yeah i was uh that was a crazy that was a crazy time but yeah i grew i grew up boating and um that's like all I'm working towards now is to, yeah. just to get back to that. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to make enough money that I can like be on a boat at all times if I feel like it. Or would you live on one if you could. I don't think I would live on one. I looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. I don't think I would, but actually I broke down the numbers. <laughs> I don't think I would unless it was like. I don't know. I, when I first moved to LA, I was looking at, um, cause you, people will rent out their boats in like Marina Del Rey and you can yeah. live on the boat. It's, it's not too expensive. It's like eight. Well, last time I looked. Okay. So this is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like 800 bucks a month or something, but the problem is you're on the dock and then to shower and use the bathroom and everything because the, the they were all sailboats. So there's not like much of a, there's like a tiny 
restroom, but you don't want it to be your main thing. Yeah. You have to like go back up on land and go into this like communal space. It's basically like, like you have a key and it's like a, you know, it's like an airport bathroom or something, Um, like a bad airport bathroom. It's, they're not great. Um, And I'm like, the idea of like having to pee in the middle of the night and having to get up and go outside. Walk to the (laughs) marina. Yeah. And like take keys with you in the dark next to the water where there's no people. I'm like, no, (laughs) can't, I can't, that's not for me. That's not for me at all. I think I want a bed in a, in a house. Um, But I do, I'm, I, my ideal life would be to live on a lake and just have like a handful of boats. (laughs) How did your parents get into that? Oh, insanity. (laughs) (laughs) My family owns a biker bar and my parents were part owners of it for a while. And um, they sold their part of it and bought the marina just because my mom was driving by and she saw it was for sale. And she's like, what if we bought a marina? Uh, (laughs) What an impulse purchase. Galena, this is how I live my whole fucking life. I mean, I'm just like, ooh, what if I went to space? Uh, <laughs> every, <laughs> I see where you get it then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they just, they literally just bought it because it was for sale. <laughs> oh my God. Did they know about boats before that? No, no, what? not at all. What, I mean, sort what of. What a thing, like what a learning curve, geez. <laughs> I know, right? Well, they, yeah, yeah, they they ended up buying it on contract because we couldn't because it was a fucking million dollars and we couldn't get a loan for that. Yeah. Um. So we we bought it on contract, meaning we signed a ten year contract with this guy that we were buying it from, and so we were to pay him a hundred thousand dollars a year over, every year over the course of ten years. So we were able to pay out from our revenue. Um. Yeah. Uh. But then like the uh this is the sad turn uh, seven years in my parents like wanted to sell it and in the contract said they couldn't sell it till they bought they owned it outright and the guy gave them a verbal yes that they could go ahead and sell it and then so they started the process of a sale and then he took us to court for breach of contract and we lost it we lost everything so fuck that guy <laughs> fuck that guy excuse me um jesus yeah um, but it was, I'm, I'm glad that we had that time while it lasted. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I'm like, I can, there, there's a lot I've forgotten, but I'm like, I used to f- work on boats with my dad. Yeah. Um, how old were you when they first got it? Seven. Oh, okay. So like right in there in those, um, yeah. what do they call them? Formative, like your years. formative years. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so funny too, looking back. Cause I'm like, I was literally nine years old when I was a licensed boat driver, like that licensed. Is so funny and adorable. <laughs> and I'm like adorable nine year old Just in my captain's hat, my mom would make me wear a life jacket when I took the boat out. But like, yeah. my parents let me go out by myself. They're like, "Well, you're licensed. Uh-huh. Goodbye." Like, you know? <laughs> um, which is so strange to me because I'm like, I've also babysat, and I'm like, I would not let a nine year old. I don't know if I'd let a nine-year-old fucking ride a bike around the neighborhood, let alone right. take out a powerboat. Yeah. What? So <laughs> you, like so much can go wrong. <laughs> Things were different back then then because we were just like left to our own devices and yeah. allowed to do all sorts of stuff. And like, I, you probably, I didn't have a cell phone at nine. I'm sure you didn't either. Christ, no. I didn't have a cell phone until I was out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember, I actually remember my mom, there was like a couple of times when I was in school and my mom was like, I'm going to need to get a hold of you during the day or like, you know, like right when school lets out and I won't be there or something. So she gave me her cell phone uh, and it was humongous. It was the size of a brick, you know, yeah. uh, it was like those big flip phones and I like smuggled it into my locker. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried. Like I had drugs or something. I was like, they're going to find my phone. Uh, and now kids are like sexting it 10 years old or whatever. Yeah. But they can't drive boats. Yeah, exactly. So in your fucking face, millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, what was like a normal day at the Marina for you? Um, up early as fuck. And then, uh, I usually worked in the bait shop. So we, we had a bait shop that was like also a snack shop and it was like in the front of the marina so I would like run out and charge people for parking and stuff like that and like I I mean I ran that whole situation um like selling bait and making food and selling snacks and like charging people for parking (laughs) and my you know like because my dad worked in the shop and then my mom would be doing other stuff or like I would run the gas station um so like run over and pump somebody's gas for them when they pulled in um oh boat which gas. Is wild yeah yeah That's I mean, it's so the same funny. gas yeah, which is weird because it's like it's weird to like we had we initially had the gas station like on the far end of the this is this is boring uh on the far end of the marina no, it's and not, then because <laughs> i don't know anything about <laughs> lake sprung gas stations <laughs> i'm learning here we had uh later on in owning the place we had the gas station like farther up by the entrance so it was like where cars could pull up so we would also just like fill up our car with gas yeah um and that's a strange thing to be able to fill up your car with gas at home essentially yeah <laughs> It's fucking weird. Really weird. Yeah. Um, and in the like, we lived across the lake from the marina. And so for most of the year, we just like lived in our home. And then uh, in the summer, a lot of times we would just stay in like one of the campers on the campgrounds because we were there. You know, we had to fucking get going at like six or 7 a.m. And then it would go till midnight. So it's like rather than drive all the way across to home, we just like walk across the property and crash. Yeah. Oh, that's hardcore. Yeah. It was so fun. It was, I mean, it was, it, it was such a fucking blast. I'm so glad I had that experience. Cause it's like, yeah. who the fuck has that? Who's done right. that? No one. No, nobody. <laughs> it what's funny too, is like, I got my boating license when I was nine. And then like six months later, the state made a new law <laughs> that you had to be 16 and have a driver's license to get a boating license. Cause did I you think get grandfathered in, I did. I got grandfathered in. Hell yeah. And so I had my license and then I actually took another class the following year just to be like recertified. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's so funny. Like to this day, I, I have a feeling cause it was Indiana and I was in a really small town. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did not take long for that paperwork to make it through the system. And I, to this day, I'm like, I bet what happened was somebody in you know the indiana state house or something got that paperwork and was like i'm sorry a nine-year-old no, no, no. <laughs> we can't do this ever again right like oh we're licensing literal rugrats to drive both yeah. we should probably Children. reconsider like she hasn't even hit puberty yet and she's <laughs> fucking driving a machine around i was- would bet on it that you had to do with the legislation for sure uh, yeah, I, I bet because it was so quickly afterwards. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was so ridiculous. 
And like, also looking back to like, we got the Marina when I was seven and my little brother was only two. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he, he, was, he had a license too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he missed out on the license, but he did have a little canoe with a trolling motor. So he would just like take off by himself. Um, and my <laughs> parents also cute. were like, whatever, we trust you. Just keep your life jacket on. Um, <laughs> uh, and we would all, we also had this big, like orange tractor, like a fucking, like a farm tractor mm-hmm. to put boats into and take them out of the water and my dad taught my little brother how to drive it so he could help out and it's a fucking stick shift so when my brother was (laughs) galena my brother was like four years old driving a fucking stick (laughs) shift your parents sound so cool (laughs) you know you have a lot of fun when your parents are uh checked out (laughs) i I, like skilled children yeah random but legitimate life skills yeah I feel like it was both of them were were also like I remember when I my dad taught me how to drive a car when I was nine because he's like it's about damn time you learn how to drive a car you're fucking nine years old like I was like I was 35 I was like what but both of them like their childhoods were like that like my mom her parents owned this whole like resort and they didn't they didn't make much money um so her and her siblings all had to take care of it so my mom was like re-roofing their house and shit (laughs) which is so wild uh but that's i mean i guess any work ethic yeah yeah so you grew up like on the lake yeah yeah we grew up right on the lake it was really nice it was really really nice i missed that a lot Cause we had like two acres and we were all, we were back from the main road mm-hmm. and then my grandparents owned all the surrounding property. And, uh, so it was like, you know, we could have big ass parties and it's like, who's going to call the cops? Yeah. The fish, like our tenants, are they going to call <laughs> the cops on us? No. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Do they not have that home anymore? Um, a couple of my aunts own it and I, uh, I'm not close with them to put it lightly. <laughs> so uh, I'll pop by if I'm, if I'm in the area, I'll pop by and say hi to my other aunt that lives. There. I have three aunts that are like on the property and two of them just own it. And then one of them's cool and I'm friends with her or close with her. So uh, yeah, maybe one day when I'm a millionaire, I'll buy the property back and kick them out. Yeah. So now you got to figure out your own lake life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or I'll find another lake. I'll find another lake in a better climate where it's not so freaking cold in the winter. Oh, that's true. What were the, I don't, so I literally don't know anything about the boats. So like what kind of boats were you learning on and getting all kinds, mostly like, mostly like ski boats. So it'd be like a 20, 25 foot boat, um, you know, with an engine on it, like a, maybe like a 90 horsepower engine. And there's a, you know like an open I, I keep saying you know you don't know uh or you do know maybe who knows but like an open bow um pretty pretty simple pretty yeah. like a standard power boat yeah um and then we had pontoons and uh we had a paddle boat for a while we had jet skis and we had jet boats which are like which look like ski boats but they're smaller it's like it's it looks like it's a hybrid between a jet ski and a ski boat and oh, they're they go fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and they're really um, nimble, I guess is the word. Like you can kind of spin them around. Um, They also can flip easily or relatively easily. I I tried to flip them over uh, because I was, I was insane. (laughs) (laughs) I would also like, so not only am I driving boats, but like a lot of my friends lived on the lake or like lived close to the lake. And so I would drive around the lake after school and like pick my friends up on piers. Also, this is before anyone had fucking cell phones. So (laughs) (laughs) if something happened, we're just fucked. Um, And I would drive around and pick my friends up and uh, then try to scare the shit out of them. And so uh, it was just, you know, I tried to flip boats over because I was trying to scare other children uh, because I was a menace. (laughs) (laughs) I've still not Okay, I've been on pontoons mm-hmm. and I guess little boats and I guess a cigarette boat. Is that what they call it? The oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've been on a cigarette boat. I think I was only on one. Maybe I have the wrong boat, but like when I went to Venice and, you know, it's like boat taxis and stuff. And that's like the only okay. way around over there. I think I might have done it there. Maybe it was something else, but it it sounded like one of the things you listed yeah. off. But it's so funny. And like, I've never been on a jet ski and <gasps> I feel like I only lived. see people going crazy on them and yeah. flipping. And I'm like, aren't you going to die if you flip one? Maybe. But it's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> the whole point is to beat the hell out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go flying off and you're just in the water and you're fine. Um, I mean, most of the time. Uh <laughs> What's funny is like, I've always been so crazy on jet skis mm-hmm. just cause I, you know, I was driving them when I was a child. So I'm yeah. used to them. And, uh, when I was in Dubai, not to sound like a t- total douchebag, but, but I was there. No, it's not douchebag. It's very interesting. Like, <laughs> you're probably one of the only people that I know who's been to Dubai. Oh, all right. Uh, well it's, it's fun and it's spooky. And, uh, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a really great time there, but we were out on the boat one day, like some locals took us out and I'm just like, you know, I'm fucking partying and I'm on this boat and I'm in a bikini and we're like dancing around or whatever. Not to say like, I'm, I don't know. Uh, but this guy comes around this like middle Eastern guy is like, starts, uh, circling the boat on a, on a jet ski. I'm not clocking this, yeah. but somebody else on the boat is and he's like this guy is like staring at you and he waves the guy over and he's like hey come over here he's like come come get her (laughs) like just joking (laughs) and so this guy pulls up on the jet ski and uh I was like hey can I have a ride and he's like oh sure and I'm like can I drive and he's like yeah of course because like and I think you're a woman can you (laughs) (laughs) right exactly and I think that like in I'm sure you get this a lot like you're a beautiful young woman and so like people think you're fucking stupid I mean I'm not saying people think like nobody's told me they think Galena's stupid okay uh but I've experienced it but people people underestimate you all the time so I think that this guy thought like oh she's what is she's this fucking girl what does she think she's doing yeah and so I get on and I was like hey you need to hold on. And he's like, okay. And he's just like kind of holding onto the sides of my life jacket. I was like, no, but seriously, hold on. Like really. And everybody on the boats watching me. And I was just like, I come around the corner of the boat and it just fucking hit the throttle. And we are immediately going like 30 miles an hour. We're flying. This guy starts screaming. He's like, stop, 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 turn around, go back. And I'm like, it's 
like, fine. I like, I slowed down a little bit and I was like, what? And he's like, you can't go that fast. I was like, bullshit. And I hit the throttle again. (laughs) And he's like, go back, go back, go back. And so I went back and uh, dropped myself off and he got the fuck out of there. And it, it, it's makes me laugh so much. Cause I'm like, I think this guy was definitely like, Ooh, I'm going to pick up this girl. Mm -hmm. And then I got on and I was like, Oh, I'm your worst nightmare. Actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's the absolute best. It was so satisfying. It was so, so, so satisfying. And then I was just like, have a good day. And he didn't even say anything. And he took off. He's like, I just want to be on solid ground for a second. Yeah. Not this chick. (laughs) Yeah. He probably went and returned it to the rental place. He's like, I'm done. Fuck this thing. (laughs) Uh, Do people make you drive the boat every time there's a situation where you're on a one now? I, people, I, I, I make me, I, when I'm on a boat with people, I'm like, I want to drive because also I don't really trust people. I think that people think because it's a leisure thing, uh, they don't understand that it can, it can be very, very dangerous. Like I push the boundaries a lot, but it's, um, I know of people that have died on boating accidents on the lake I grew up on, uh, several and it's fucking scary. Like there was, uh, there was a marina next to the one we owned and um, this woman rented a jet ski and took her son and his friend out on the jet ski and was coming back into land and fucking, I guess, hit throttle when she meant to hit the brake or something. And, uh, or when she went to, there's no brake, but like when you take off, you let, let off of it. Um, and uh, she fucking ran head on into the pier and her and her son's friend died and her son lived and i'm like holy fucking christ and that happened when i was like i must have been like 11 or 12 when that happened and it was right next to our place and i'm like that is stuff like that i'm like i do not fuck around like i I know so many people that are like rent a boat and they get hammered and drive it and it's like no 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 (laughs) you know if i'm like cruising around on a pontoon i'll have a beer you know, um, but if you're driving like a speedboat, you can't be wasted on a jet ski. It's really fucking dangerous. Um, so if I'm with friends, I insist on driving. Um, also I like being in control, you know, we're type A. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I have my index card. I have some things to do. (laughs) I would feel so much better with you driving it. Cause I feel like, like last time I was on one, so a bunch of friends and I went to Big Bear and you know they have that lake and they have the pontoons mm-hmm. that you can rent and like the pontoon came with a guy who was supposed to be the driver but then he just was so lax days he's like you guys just take it and go without me so then it's six of us girls nobody knows how to drive and oh, we're no. all like taking turns driving it by ourselves and I like never feel comfortable in those types of situations mm-hmm. because I'm like, nobody knows boat traffic, including myself. Like, I don't know how yeah. traffic works. And every time there's like boats getting close, I'm like, this is it. This is the time we're going <laughs> to crash. Oh, I, just no. can't, I can't even relax. Everybody else is like having their hard kombuchas and I'm over here like drive slower. <laughs> That's so funny. It is. It can be scary. I had a um, years ago, I was out for my ex's birthday he rented a boat in uh, Big Bear. We went up with a bunch of his friends. And not to say they're sexist, but they were sexist. Um, so I was like, oh, can I drive the boat? Because I'm like, I've had a boating license my whole life. Can I drive? And they're like, no, 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 no. And all the guys are taking turns driving it. Nobody will let me drive. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Fuck you guys. Uh, and then the boat broke down. 
and they all fucking panicked and they're shitting their pants and nobody knows what to do. And I, they, everyone's freaking out and they're running around the boat and they're like, well, what, we got a call. What do we, and I was like, I can fix it. I mean, I grew up doing this. I can fix it, but then I'm driving it for the rest of the day. Yeah. And nobody fucking believed me and I fixed it. And then I drove the rest of the day and I was like, <laughs> and this was like in 2006 and I'm still mad. <laughs> yeah. I would be too. Fuck you guys. Yeah. That's such a boss ass move though. I love that. Uh, that worked out it was brilliantly. so satisfying. So they, so, they so deserved satisfying. to have that happen to them, to have the boat break down so that you could step in and fix it since they weren't letting you drive. Absolutely. And I'm like, I, I told you guys, I'm not bullshitting. Also like, don't, in, don't underestimate me, you know? Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway. When's the last time you were on now? one? In Dubai. <laughs> on that boat in august yeah oh, i don't wait, get out much it was this august a couple oh, months ago oh, oh that's so yeah cool. yeah what it was 106 it? fucking degrees Oof. wow and like 90 percent humidity did you do Rough. shows there i did yeah i went out there for stand-up this um this uh woman this booker it was me she she does this like once a month where she flies out three comics and it was me um Nick Guerra and Jack Asadorian and it was so fucking fun it was so fun we did like seven shows and they they flew us out and put us up and fed us it was it was a fucking dream <laughs> it was the best time that is oh I miss traveling for stand-up for sure yeah I used 2022 to do... what's that I said 2022 2022 it'll happen um I was thinking about this when we were talking about like living on the marina and I actually used to know this guy. I think his name was Tim. He was an open micer mm-hmm. and he just happened to live like that, like on the boat, on like a pretty small, I guess, sailboat because oh, it wasn't wow. particularly bougie or anything like that. It was definitely he was living there to save money and not mm-hmm. as an extravagant lifestyle because he definitely didn't have a bathroom on there, but he would run an open mic slash show on the boat that I used to do. Oh my God. And it was actually pretty brilliant as far as open mics go, because he would actually take the marina or he would take the boat out and drive it around the marina during the duration of the mic. So you had to stay and listen to all the other sets. Oh, now the boat's moving. Oh my moving. God. <laughs> I would be homicidal. If I was like stuck watching a mic, I'd be like, I'm going to swim to shore. <laughs> that is a good way to get everybody to stay though (laughs) it is right that's the brilliance of it and I have a photo somewhere of me that I'll have to dig up and like post with this that it's like me holding the um like the rope and the pole or whatever Mm -hmm. and just like standing on I'm gonna say the wrong thing the end the hall is that a thing sitting on the bow on the front of the boat Maybe okay. <laughs> standing on one of the ends of the boat and, and holding like with the sail or whatever and holding onto it. And then the mic in the other hand. And That's it's really just so funny. silly. It's like, this is not how we're supposed to be doing this. No, 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 not at all. So, but that's, that also describes most of stand up is this is not how we're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> this is not how the Lord intended we do stand up. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Oh, I love that though. I, I don't know. I guess I don't suspect that's just so cool that you know so much about boating. It's like, Oh, thank you. Such a life skill. It's really, really, really fun. And, 
it's just fun to have like a secret thing somebody wouldn't expect of you you know yeah I think especially like being a blonde lady uh people are like they think I just had this like uh typical American experience where I'm like mm-hmm. was on cheer squad or something if that's even what that's called <laughs> I'm like, I don't <laughs> even know is cheer a squad um sure yeah yeah I'm like no no that wasn't my life at all I was like an aggressive tomboy uh in a fucking captain's hat <laughs> that's what my life was <laughs> Do your parents, like, are they still involved in boats? No, I think they were pretty traumatized from lo- losing it. Um, yeah. They live on the water now down in Florida and they have a little pier, but that's it. And my mom wants a boat. And my dad's like, fuck no. Cause they are, they are hard to maintain. It's a, it's, it's hard. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money and a lot of work. It's just constant, right. you know, cause like your car, you can just fucking park it and leave it. But like a boat, you, it has to come out of the water. Otherwise the water I'll eat at the hull and uh it's there's a there's a lot that goes into it you know yeah, I guess that I haven't really thought about it too much because I always just joke I'm like well I need a friend with a boat and that's going to be the extent of it yeah I understand it's a lot of work but like people pay to keep it parked at the marina but that's different than you have to take it out or it's really expensive really expensive um yeah especially out here it's very very expensive um like way more than rent. <laughs> uh, and then also I found out, so I had two friends that owned boats out here and one of them I had been on a few times and then, uh, but both of them just sold their boats because in California boats are taxed. You get, you get hit with a luxury tax, um, which you pay every single year. So a friend of mine was paying eight grand a year to own like a little fishing boat that had been in his family. Oh my and it's God. like, well, it's not worth it then. You know, it's, it, that's, that's fucking property tax. And it's like, yeah, there are like yachts and stuff, but there's also people with just like a little dinghy and it's like, leave them alone. Do they really have to pay a fucking tax on it? Get out of here. Yeah. That's so steep. I didn't know. Yeah. Especially because when it comes to like a fishing boat or like the type of sailboat that Tim was staying on, like there's nothing luxury about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. (laughs) That was like my friend's sailboat. It was nice. It was, I, I don't mean this like as a dig, but it wasn't like, it was just, just kind of a standard sailboat. It wasn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was, again, it wasn't a yacht. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for her to have to pay that is a little obnoxious, you know? Oh, for sure. So you know how to do all the like nautical, like tie stuff and do the sails and all that. Yeah. I've forgotten some of, I mean, I've forgotten probably, I don't remember the knots like offhand, but I could refresh and relearn them all in in probably an hour you know because I had to know all that um it's just something I didn't I haven't needed to pay attention like I'll still do the knots but I'm like I don't know what this one is fucking called you know um uh but yeah and then I didn't learn how to sail till I lived in LA because we just didn't have sailboats growing up there was some sailboats on our lake but not really it was it wasn't a big thing like as much as like power boats Mm -hmm. it was more like a little uh I hate, I hate to use the term white trash, but it was kind of a white trash area. I'm from Ohio. I get it. Like, there you go. We, we yeah. did that too. We had our little boating area too, where it was like the same thing. And yeah, boating yeah. is either very luxurious or very uh, dirt baggy. For sure. And every it, time I went in Cleveland and, and it wasn't even that many times, but it was always just like another place to go and day drink. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's like the whole thing. <laughs> they drink and terrorize your friends in my case. Yeah. 
I love that. That's so Thanks. fun. Thanks. Um, fun. Well, thank you. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Thanks but, for having um, me. It was, it's always fun. It's always great to talk to you. Oh. Yeah, you too. Thanks for doing it. Um, go ahead and plug anything that you would like to plug. Um, if, if anyone listening, first of all, please follow me on Instagram for the love of God. So I don't have to get on TikTok. <laughs> and my Instagram is Olympian Lisa Curry. And if you or somebody, you know, is in the recording Academy, voting is open right now for, uh, the 64th Grammys and my comedy album alive for a while was, was submitted for Grammy consideration. It is a so long cool. shot. Oh, but congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm like, it's, it, it's a long shot, but I'm like, I worked so hard on it. <laughs> I did it in the midst of this like huge tour that I booked and it's just, it's really cool. And, um, I would like for people to vote for me. Um, cause I busted my ass on it. And also because Louis CK is also on the ballot and don't you fucking dare vote for him. Um, yeah. I don't well, know how he managed to release alive a for a while. It's called. Yeah. Alive for a while. All right. <laughs> Get out. You, you heard it, people. Go yeah. vote for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's good to see you. All right, good to see you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.